The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L.B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's going to get his horse down. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast Playoff Edition. I'm your host, Ralph Malbro. As always, we are brought to you by the Pelican House of Baton Rouge, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have 136 draft theaters on top. They have flat screen TVs out the wazoo. They have a 12-foot TV that you can go there. You can watch the Saints play to Philadelphia on Saturday night, hopefully not in like negative six-degree weather. But they have a tremendous menu, as Andrew can attest and I can attest. I stopped there on, on a trip home. Uh, over the holidays uh the pelican house it's fantastic they've supported us all year long so you should support them the pelican house 2572 city place court baton rouge louisiana they're awesome go there um wait this uh, reminds me before we even get started when are we doing when are we calling the family member of the winner of our donation contest well she hasn't gotten back to me yet so i oh man she's missing out on a huge opportunity i know but thanks to her i'll 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 send a reminder after we do this podcast i'll send her another reminder she was going home and it's just the holidays you know people lose track but no i get that get that done we have the winner kevin has the email she has a seattle fan uh as a son so hopefully the saints can win against philadelphia and it'll be perfect for next week right um all right, Dave, you weren't on the post-game show. It was just me and Kevin. Uh, so I'll start with you. Your thoughts yesterday on the Saints just don't fuck Tampa and, and taking care of their business. Oh, I, you know, I don't think there's really much to say. I mean, it's your typical Superdome performance. I don't think uh, any of us should have been surprised by the outcome. I think we knew the Saints were going to win. Um, I, I was <laughs> I was way more <laughs> emotional and intense Watching, yeah, watching the Falcons game. We, you know, we watched the first half at a bar, and then we headed down to the dome. And we got to the dome, and I'm in the plaza level, so they have like a plaza club. They might have two on each side. I don't even remember. T-shirt money. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Uh, and uh, so we're watching the game in the plaza club. Obviously, it's a room full of Saints fans, and we're all sitting there watching the TVs. And I mean, obviously, you know, Atlanta gets the ball back. It's this is this is it, Matty Ice. That's why they call him Matty Ice. He's got, all he has to do is get 40 yards, get in field goal range, uh, you know, kick the field goal for the win. Because um, I think we all were expecting the Saints to to win. So I mean, all Atlanta has to do is kick a goddamn field goal, and the Saints have the number two seed. Well, of course, they couldn't help us out whatsoever. Uh, their stupid offensive line. Uh, but I mean, just there was a collective groan. <laughs> in the room, in the Plaza Club room, when he snapped that ball and Ryan wasn't ready, it was like, oh, my God, stupid Falcons. They couldn't even do us any favors. Um, 
But uh, so it was kind of funny. And it was also weird to be in a bar and cheering when Atlanta scored a touchdown. The entire bar, like, erupting. It's like, am I in Atlanta? Um, but the uh, Saints game was good. Offensive line played well. Offense played well. Um, Kenny still surpassed, um, uh, who was it, on the Browns? Uh, sur- Josh uh, Jordan? Uh, yeah, Josh Gordon. Um with his touchdown pass, Kenny Stills uh, holds the season NFL this season, rec- the record this season for yards per catch at 20.0 yards per catch. Um, so, uh, but uh, good game. It's a shame the Saints aren't going to play any of their playoff games at home in the Dome. I think they would definitely be a uh, a force to be reckoned with if that were the case. Um, I got my playoff tickets in the mail today, um, so that's a waste of paper. Frame that anyway. Uh, I, I, well, I mean, if the Saints go to the Super Bowl, I will. I'll include that in because that's what I did this, the the year they won the Super Bowl. Is I had all my tickets framed and my press pass from the Super Bowl and some confetti that fell on the field or whatever. But, uh, so if the saints go to the super bowl again this year, I'll, I'll frame the tickets that were never even needed. Well, no, well, well I was going to suggest frame it anyway, but d- frame it alongside the, uh, the blank white towel you got for the whiteout. And you can just be like, Oh, this was the year that, uh, saints <laughs> management just gifts. bumble, bumble fucked. Uh, yeah. Meaningless gifts. <laughs> I, I'll put it in fairness. The organization has to, they have to do the whole playoff ticketing thing ahead of time because they never know. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I've I, got, I've got the, I've got uh, NFC Championship tickets from 1991 that are unused <laughs> for the Saints, and I've got uh, 2000 NFC Championship tickets too. Um, yeah, like that was ever gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, and I think, I think I have. Playoff tickets, I'm not sure. My mom might have them somewhere. Playoff tickets from 2002 when they were 9-4 and because they sent them out. And they were like, all we got to do is win one more game. We're going to get in. We're probably going to host a game. And they didn't even make the playoffs. So um, I've got a big old pile of, like, bizarro Saints playoff tickets. Um, Andrew, you gave out your grades today. Drew Brees got an A+. Uh, you're lenient, as always, with your grades. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed off that Keenan Lewis didn't uh, didn't get at you and uh, at least give you a little bit of props for recognizing his good game. <laughs> Andrew, is there is there anything yesterday on offense that you saw that do you feel is something that we haven't seen at home all year or something that really gets you get makes you more optimistic heading to Philadelphia. All right, he, he dropped out, so so good answer, Andrew. Good answer, exactly. Um, good answer, good answer, good answer. <laughs> uh, Show me potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Uh, well, this is going well. It is going. It's well, you know, we haven't had technical issues in. Um, in, in like four or five weeks, so it, it, it stands to reason that, that when we have the playoff edition that more and more people will actually listen yeah. to, they get accustomed to the technical issues. There he is. And, Andrew, are you there? Hey. Yes. Hey, hey man. Um, sorry. You hear the question that I sorry, asked. Sorry. My app is not very mobile. You can't really take the show on the road with the app. 
<laughs> Andrew, did you hear my question, or do I need to repeat it? I, I heard I heard you start to mention me, my giving of Drew Brees an A+, but nothing beyond that. Okay. Did the Saints do anything on offense yesterday that makes you really optimistic about them going to Philly that you feel like, oh, they did that really well. I haven't seen that home or on the road, and that's a really good sign heading to Philly. Um, well, I think – if you were to compare the offense on the home, and, and really I think it, it all comes down to the offense. I really think that the, the struggles on the road, if I could pinpoint one thing, I think it's the offensive line that's really struggled on the road, road compared to at home. And so I think part of it has to be the multiple checkdowns, and I think Breeze is paying more attention to those checkdowns and audibles than ever uh, because the line is a weak link on the team. Um, but when he has the time to read the defense and call out all these audibles and check downs for the offensive line to shift at home and he doesn't have to deal with crowd noise, it's very easy. But when you have a very complicated audible system on the road, it's, it, that, that kind of thing's not going to travel as well. Um, and so I think we've seen that. We've seen false starts. We've seen offensive linemen blow snap counts. We've seen them get confused in their mix-up and their blitz pickups. So I really think it's the offensive line on the road. Um, so I'm, I wasn't surprised that the offensive line held up great at home. And I don't, I didn't see – that's still a concern going on the road, uh, regardless of how well they performed at home. But, you know, they, they mentioned going into Carolina that they were going to simplify things. And I, I still think that's the key against Philly. Um, you know, the crowd noise is going to be there. And I just think the offensive line – needs to keep things more vanilla, more simple, and Breeze, Breeze can't get in this mode of trying to account for everything. He needs, he needs to go out there and play football. Kevin, let's play hypothetical game. Oh, that's my favorite game, Ralph. If I told you that FMK. the Saints were going to play a team this week or any week, and the week okay. before Kyle Orton threw for 360 – how pumped up would you be about the Saints' chances on offense? About as pumped as Kyle Orton was to get back to the hotel and hit the mini bar. <laughs> Zing! Because he, I don't know about the Saints' offense, but I'm firing on all cylinders. Because <laughs> he did it. He did it last night against Philly. So I mean, are are we sort of? You know, before we get into the home road debate, you know, the Saints can't bring in the road and they never won a playoff game on the road and all that's true. Are we sort of forgetting that Philly's pass defense is sort of fucking terrible? Yeah, but we were talking talking ourselves up about how how fucking terrified we were of the Tampa game. And, you know, that turned out okay. So... Maybe I'd like some of that reverse psychology and just be like, man, I'm pretty fucking scared of this uh, Eagles team. All this other kind of shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, one last – I'm going to jump in because I somebody – I, I tell you what, I'd like to have Kenny Vaccaro um, with, to account for LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. I mean I think – I think the, the interesting thing about Philly – Andrew, where would you rank – Philly on the offenses that the Saints have played, maybe best to best to worst, or even more, more complete. I feel like this Philly offense that the Saints are going to play, they're one of the best that they've played all year, at least one of the most complete. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Um, they, the one thing they can't really do is pound it up the middle. Um, you know, their their run game is more of a finesse run game. I mean, obviously, McCoy is one of the best in the league, super explosive. Um, but they're not a team that's going to, like, maul you for a yard type of offense. Um, I can't believe how well Nick Foles has played. He's kind of been the big, the big surprise. Um, he kind of stepped in for Mike Vick and has just been lights out all season. So that, to me, is the big surprise. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, they're certainly playing well right now. Um, and while I love the matchup of Breeze against that pass defense, uh, the concern is it's going to be potentially as cold as 25 degrees. So, um, you know, obviously that's going to slow down the passing game some. Um, but it's, but it's a good matchup for the Saints. I mean, if you were to, I, I think it's a much better matchup than Seattle. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, well, that's the next one. Yeah, I mean, I just, Dave, and you, you mentioned it before the podcast that you were arguing. I wouldn't say arguing. You were just discussing with the angry Houdat and other people on Twitter about the Saints and the road and the home and all that playoff stuff. So give me your feelings on the whole Saints suck on the road. Uh, give give your take that you were arguing on Twitter. All right, well, well, first of all, back to back to what Andrew said. Nick Foles, by the way, this year led the NFL in passer rating. He had a 119.2 average rating, which is the third highest single season mark of any player in NFL history. Uh, I don't know if that scares you at all, but uh, that's a, that's a, that's a fact. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, I had just mentioned because obviously ever since the matchup has been decided and ever since we knew that the Saints were going to have to go on the road, they were going to get the sixth seed and have to go on the road. You know, I mean, we just keep hearing from every angle that the Saints um, have never won a playoff game away. Um, and I understand what they're saying by that. My whole point was is that, I mean, technically, I think I think them winning the Super Bowl in Miami – should count as them winning an away playoff game. Um, and, of course, everybody no. said, well, that's that's not an away game. That's no. a neutral site. That's a neutral game, yeah. game. And I understand that, and I get that. And from a technical, from a, from a, a, a technical uh, standpoint, and as far as words are concerned, that's true. But, you know, when we talk about the Saints not playing well on the road, we're talk- we, we mention that because either the weather or the turf or the mental aspect of it or, or, the, crowd noise. or the crowd noise. Exactly. Um, so, Which isn't a factor in the Super Bowl. It's not a factor in the Super Bowl. That's correct. But all the others are. And, I mean, I just feel like the Saints had to get on a plane to get to Miami. They weren't in their own locker room. They weren't under a dome. They were outside. The weather could have been a factor had it been worse. My, my point being is that even though it's technically not an away game, even though it's technically a neutral site, they weren't in the Superdome, and they won that game. They won a game outside of the Superdome. So, uh, now, granted, that's just one game. It's just one game. Uh, and and, my, and my, me saying that was merely just – was was sort of taking a dig at at the mainstream media guys, um, you know. But my point being is, yeah, I think they can win on the road. I mean, this season we haven't seen. I, I, I haven't really seen much to really give me much confidence, um, and especially now that we're in January and they're going up to Philadelphia, 
Um, I would have much rather have them played in Dallas. I think we all would agree with that. Dallas is obviously the inferior team when you're comparing them to the Eagles. But then, of course, obviously, the Cowboys stadium has the retractable roof that they're going to close if there's any inclement weather. So, And they're playing on, on, on not natural grass. So I think we obviously all would have liked to see them go to Cowboys stadium. Um, but the point being is, I, you know, they can win on the road. The Saints can win on the road. They should have beaten Carolina this year. They should have beaten the Patriots this year. And obviously they didn't, and that's the most important fact, but they could have. And but with they a could have beat the Jets. They had the ball with two minutes to go down They six. could have beaten the Jets. I mean, you know, with a little more discipline, um, maybe with some, uh, dare I say, better play calling, um, the outcomes of those games may be different. But, uh, but. I, I did want to I did want to sort of explain myself with what I was saying um, earlier on Twitter. My point was is that they weren't in the Superdome. Any any game that's outside of the Superdome, in my head, that's an away game. You're you're away. If if I step outside my house and walk down the block, or whether I step outside my house and fly to California, doesn't matter. I'm away. I'm not home. And uh, and many of the factors that come with playing at an at, at a non-Superdome stadium. Uh, still come into play whether it's in the Super Bowl or not. But regardless, I see, I see what you're saying, there. Dave. I see yeah. what you're saying, and and I think I think there's definitely some merit to it. And I I, I mean, look, they beat Peyton Manning, they beat the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it's not like they went away from the Superdome and just played some one and 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 nine team on the road and, and got an easy win against a team that laid down. I mean, and, it was and the they Super Bowl. It was arguably against the greatest quarterback of all time. But I think when you talk about degree of difficulty, yes, it was away from the dome. But I think you you consider all the factors. The weather couldn't have been better. It couldn't have been better for that that game. Um, The the crowd noise, not a factor. So, I mean, you you add all those things up, and it it doesn't have the quintessential – it doesn't fit the media narrative of the Saints can't handle – brutal conditions on the road. So, I mean, you talk about degree of difficulty. The Super Bowl is about as tame as it comes or as close to a Superdome experience for the offense as you will find. Um, on the flip side, you know, you're going to Philadelphia, at Philadelphia in a playoff game, going at Seattle in a playoff game, those are the types of games that I feel like the media is saying the Saints can't win. And it's, it's kind of hard to disagree with that at this point. Well, here's the thing. And I agree with that. I agree with that. It's, I feel it's tough. like this, it's, obviously... tough, it's tough to defend the Saints uh, after what we've seen this season. Um, it's it's difficult to defend them. Well, here's yeah, the but thing. here, look. I mean, look. They're at Philadelphia, and they're playing a team with a poor pass defense. I don't care. Uh, look, they win this game. They put that puppy to bed. They have won a road playoff game on the road. Check it off your bucket bucket list. And honestly, if the season ends at Seattle. Uh, a week from then, I-, I can live with that. If we can check that off the, the, the history books of the New Orleans Saints, I-, I would sign up for that right now. Well, here's the, here's the interesting thing is that it's it's going to be 25 degrees right now. They say it's going to be 25 degrees at kickoff. And I know people are going to say the weather hurts Saints. But, but Kevin, I feel like the road playoff games, I mean, I, San, San Francisco weather wasn't an issue. And I don't even feel like when they played Chicago in the NFC Championship, it snowed. But I didn't feel like weather had a damn thing to do with the Saints getting their ass kicked in the second half of that game. Nope. I mean, that no, being— Fred Thomas had to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, Fred Thomas, Devin Hester, 
not running the ball nearly enough. They were just back then. They were just a weaker team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, shit. Look at the Seattle game earlier this year. The Saints were getting pounded before the rain even hit. I mean, maybe the rain made the beat down a little worse, but uh, you know, I don't think the weather is going to affect them. I I don't think the weather would affect them all that much. I think I, I shit. Bring them out a day early. Hopefully they do that and uh, let them run around on the damn field. Hopefully. Hopefully some people won't throw freaking batteries at them. <laughs> well, and, it's Philadelphia, so. Right. They might intentionally throw up on them. Well, I think they should do the walkthrough of the game on the Philadelphia field naked <laughs> uh, with headphones blaring to 10 of Rammstein music. Um, <laughs> yeah, to that distract is the them. So I, I think the best preparation is Rammstein music at deafening levels while they try to go through the audibles and the walkthrough uh, while, while being naked in 20-degree weather. Andrew, you have made the point about that, that you know, because you break down the film every week. You, may, you always make the point, look, there's a certain kind of team that has personnel that just gives the Saints fits on offense. And you've said, it, you know, even going into the St. Louis week, you, you were a little bit frightened. You were like, St. Louis, for whatever reason, they can kick the Saints' ass because they have a front four that can get after Breeze with a pass rush. And, right, without spending extra guys. You know, St. Louis had it. Carolina damn sure had it. Um, you know, the Jets, they have it. Um, New England beat the Saints, but they didn't really have it. Does Philadelphia have that personnel? I don't think so. I, I I really think. I mean, it's too bad this game's not in the Superdome uh, because there, I really believe the Saints could put up 50 on this defense if the conditions are Minnesota perfect. Minnesota put up 48. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the crowd noise and the, and the weather is a huge help for the Philly defense um, if they can slow down the Saints' offense even a bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the the Red Woods. I mean, let, let's the Rams are a tough team. I mean, Kellen Clemens joke but defensively you know Ogletree is an incredible player long brockers wins they have got some a plus quality talent on that defense uh seattle on the road uh carolina twice i mean these defenses they've played in the last few weeks uh i mean the eagles don't hold a candle not even close dave if there is sort of one thing that, that you're you're looking at this playoff game and, and, and is scaring you to death. Uh, besides the weather. Besides the weather. it's I mean, if, if it's cold, I don't really worry about it. I, I, to me, I worry more about rain, snow. Malcolm wind. Jenkins trying to – Malcolm Jenkins not letting Deshaun Jackson get behind him. <laughs> but, I mean, is there is there anything that you're you're just like – Oh my God, that that like that's that when you're when you're when you start day drinking on Saturday at like two, <laughs> the drunker you get before kickoff, you're just gonna be like, fuck, that's what worries me. Is it gonna be a is it a Saints player? Is it a scheme? What is it? Uh, I I mean it's for for me. I've been I've been harping on this for the last few weeks. You know, really since the the Rams game. But I mean for me, it's the offensive line again. I think it all begins and ends there. They live by the offensive line. They die by the offensive line. Um, <clears throat> 
So I, I'm, you know, I think if the offensive line decides that they want to play like crap on Saturday night, uh, the Saints are going to have a real tough go of it. And, uh, we, all, and we all feel better after that last game about Teron Armstead, at least, though, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, slightly better. Slightly, slightly better. Um, but again, this was this was at home in the dome, and, and and I think we all agree that there seems to be something about the offensive line and playing uh, away from the Superdome where they just don't seem to do as well. And 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 Andrew had um, <clears throat> had hypothesized um, that it may be you know crowd noise, and when they're not at home and they've got the crowd yelling and screaming at them um, that, that the offensive line and Drew Brees, they have a much harder time calling the audibles and uh, making changes, adjustments at the line uh, with check downs and that hot reads and that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and I don't know whether that's it or not. It certainly sounds logical and plausible to me. Um, but uh, the offensive line, they need to have a good day. They, they need to step up. They need to, know their role, they need to do their job, they need to finish strong. Do your job. I'll, I'll, I'll throw out every Peytonism I could think of. Um, it, it just needs to happen. And uh, and if they don't, I think the Saints lose. And if they do, I think the Saints win. I think it's as simple as that. Before yeah, we... just, just, to, just to be clear about, I mean, obviously the Saints have had, they haven't had issues in the past like they have now, and crowd noise is what it always is. The reason why I think it's worse this year is the Saints don't have Goodwin and Bushrod and, and Finchcomb or even Street, a, a line that's played together for a long time. Um, and I think Char, you know Charles Brown is a first-year guy. Bill Puente is very young. Grubbs is still new in the system. Um, and now you add Teron Armstead, who's a new guy. So I think, I think it's exacerbated. I think it's, it's made worse this year compared to other years. Um, because and and the Saints know that, and because they know that, the team's gotten more complicated in an effort to, um, you know, basically make make up for it, and it's backfired. That's my theory. <laughs> that's a that's a sound that's a sound theory. Uh, Kevin, can you blow holes into that? No. Or just blow holes. <laughs> no. Or just no. blow. I, or just blow. Mm. Let, uh, don't worry. There's time for that later. Mm-hmm. This no, podcast I, I, will have a happy ending. All right, now we've before we. <laughs> <laughs> all right, time to rein it back in, Ralph. Perfect timing. It is perfect timing. Thanks for um, letting me try a little thing in there, though. Now before we before we get to Twitter questions, which are just fantastic tonight from people. Um, let's do a yeah. quick review of the season. I'm just going to ask, I'm just going to ask a question and each of you can give an answer. Um, biggest surprise on the defense, Kevin, I'll start with you. Uh, that they didn't blow goats. I mean, I know that's kind of obvious, but, uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, actually, you know what? Yeah. I, and I'll refer to that tweet that I mentioned yesterday, um, during the post game show that, uh, that since the merger, no team, has ju- has jumped this much in improvement? They gave up like 400 and something yards per game, and they lowered it. They, they lowered it like nearly 140. I thought it was like 100 and change, and it was like nearly 140 yards per game. They dropped on the average, and that's yeah, the most since the merger and and most all time beating out uh, 
I don't know, fucking Oakland, I think, from like 98 or 99, is, who, who didn't even crack 100. Yeah. Andrew? Uh, for me, it's probably the pass rush. Um, you know, I just I – mean, Cam Jordan and Junior Gillette, I mean, it's not a Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson tandem, but it's damn close. I mean, those guys – um, get after it, and so uh, I, I'd say the pass rush. I mean, if I had to pick, if I had to pick a, a concept, I would say pass rush. If I had to pick one player, I would say David Hawthorne. Um, I mean, he was just complete dog shit last year, and um, early in training camp, I remember he was like third on the depth chart. So I thought it was he was a lost cause. Um, he he had an outstanding. Dave. Yeah, I mean, I think mine's similar to Kevin. You know, just just that how, how good they actually became. Uh, but even more specifically, I think overcoming all the injuries yeah. that plagued them so early. I mean, I, during training camp, we said, "Oh my God!" Like, you know, Victor Butler, Will Smith. Um, <clears throat> I can't even remember now. There were other linebackers, um, I believe. And uh, so, just the fact that they were not only that they were able to 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 have such a huge turnaround and become a top five defense after being the worst defense. Um, but to be able to do that all with, with a lot of young guys, not necessarily well-known guys um, and, and, and guys that probably would have been a little bit further down the depth chart if it wasn't for uh, significant injuries to some of the projected starters. Yeah. Um, I was going to go with Keenan Lewis because he's just, he was, I mean, that should Rob, not have been a surprise. He was our number one. Yeah, but I thought he'd be okay. But and but Rob Ryan was saying how great he was. But the, my biggest surprise was that Cam Jordan went from being a really nice defensive end to super PFF, pro football focus, where they were comparing him a lot of the year to J.J. Watt and I didn't see that coming. I thought his ceiling, the best he could possibly be, would be like Wayne Martin, where he was really good and like almost Pro Bowl level. But he is like dominant, build your defense around him. When he becomes a free agent, franchise him and pay him huge mega bucks. And I didn't see that coming at all. And that, to me, has been the, the pleasant surprise. And I think if you pin one thing on why this defense has been able to be top five, it's because Cam Jordan became elite. Um, yeah, and by the way, speaking you gotta, of – got to mention Akeem Hicks. Too. Yeah, but, been, but yeah, Andrew, didn't we kind of see that a little bit last year? We It, it would poke out a, a handful of plays where you were like, oh, my God, he's got the potential to be just wow. I still think he's just scratching the surface. Wow. I, I really? Think, after what I saw year. this year, I really think Akeem Hicks could be a, a beast of a player in a year. Better than Jordan? <laughs> no, Akeem Hicks. Uh, different player. I think more dominant against the run, but I don't, I don't think he'll be a double-digit stat guy. All right. Um, By the way, the top five NFL teams in total defense all qualified for the 2013 playoffs and won at least 11 games each. What? That's the Seahawks, there the Panthers. Go the Saints, the Niners, and the Bengals. So, uh, And those five clubs have a combined win percentage of uh, .738. So uh, defense matters. Kevin, your biggest disappointment for the Saints this year, either a player or just something else? Huh. And not, I mean, don't say, well, they, they didn't win the division. I mean, obviously that. Something, like, specific. What's the on question? field related. Uh, yeah, I, fuck. 
What's the question? Sub- I'll say, biggest I'll say disappointment. Biggest disappointment. I'll say Garrett yeah. Hartley. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, sad that he couldn't, uh, sad that he couldn't make it work, and sad that they had to cut him, and all that good shit, and yeah, sad, disappointing all around. Andrew. Uh, for me, it's cool. I mean, I, I had concerns about the offensive line, so them being underperforming was, was a concern, and I'm not shocked by that. Um, but I think the biggest disappointment for me is the receiver group. Um, they, I think they really underperformed this year, and uh, Lance Moore just overall had a very poor season. Kenny Stills had some flashes, but he was inconsistent. And Nick Toon was a complete joke. Meacham didn't really do much. Uh, Colston was good, but I think a hair off uh, what we were used to from him. Um, so I just think the, re- the receiving core as a group um, really underperformed, and I-, I think made it pretty obvious that the Saints are desperate for some talent at that position next year. Dave? Uh, you know, I'm definitely disappointed in the way they finished the season. Um, yeah, the collapse sucks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just the last five, six games uh, – you know, was really disappointing. People, you know, people are saying, well, they finished 11-5. You know, we said 11-5 and at the beginning of the season, so we should be happy with that. And, I mean, yeah, in in many respects that's true, but to be at 9-2, and two, you know, our, our expectations naturally changed. And, and as soon as they changed uh, was when it all went to hell in a handbasket. Um, uh, but, I mean, as far as... Uh, Something more tangible on the field, you know. Andrew touched upon it. The offensive line that's definitely, um, definitely been disappointing. Um, I really would have loved to see Victor Butler and see what he could have done on defense. That was disappointing to lose him so early, and uh, and not get a chance at that. And uh, and another injury, Jabari Greer. Um, he he's, he may be done for his career. That's that's sad. Uh, Kevin, he already, already answered this question. I said, I said Garrett Hartley. Oh yeah, sorry. No <laughs> worries. Way to go, Ralph. Sorry. Next question. <laughs> and um, I'm going to say the yours, biggest Ralph? disappointment is the running game. Because they said all in training camp, oh, we're going to do it. We got a new thing. We're gonna, It's going to be better. It's going to be better. And except for Dallas, really, when they destroyed them, it really hasn't been that good most of the year. Oh, that, oh, I thought, been, I thought it worse. would potentially be better. Oh, good. Uh... All right, now we got Twitter questions. Uh, also, also disappointing. Um, oh, we could do we could do a whole show on on being disappointed. Um, <laughs> Eleven and five, we're so fucking spoiled. Right. <laughs> um, oh shit, what was I gonna say? It wasn't even about the running game. Uh, disappointing was oh, um, I'm gonna be disappointed if they let Manning keep his. Uh, his passing yardage record over Drew Brees. If Drew Brees loses that record, oh, uh, good segue. We need to bring that up, Kevin. Uh, your thoughts on the whole passing record? Is it is it going to stay? Is it doesn't? If it if it doesn't stay, do you feel, if if they take it away from Manning, do you feel good about it? No, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, I do. It. I mean, <sighs> seriously, are you going to run around in the street and be like, woo? Bree still has the record. Bree still has the record. Like any time that gets brought up from now until the end of time, even if Bree, even if nobody else comes close, everyone is immediately going to say, 
they fucking gave it back to Breeze on a fucking technicality, and Ma- and Manning could have easily gone stayed. Well, what, what, gone- wait, 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 wait. What do you mean they gave it back to Breeze on a technicality? The definition of a technic of technicality is adhering to the rules. So don't tell me that they're giving it back to that they would potentially be giving it back to Breeze because. Because of the rules, because they technically followed the rules. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, rules are what separate us from the animals. <laughs> I mean, here's my other thing, and I'm Kevin, I'm sorry for interrupting. I mean, you, no. I could make arguments on both sides of this. I mean, first of all, you know, who's to say who's to say that Breeze didn't throw a lateral pass at any point during his record-breaking season? You know, if we looked at everything closely, you know, we very well could find uh, a pass that maybe shouldn't have counted. My my gripe with the whole thing is, is that twenty years from now, even even I'm I'm, I'm angry. Even now, you know, even now Manning gets all the love. He gets all the love from the media. He gets all the love from from the casual football observer. If you ask the casual football observer who's not a Broncos fan or a Colts fan or a Saints fan, you ask him who the top two quarterbacks are, the top three quarterbacks, you know. They'll say Peyton Manning, they'll say Tom Brady, they won't say Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees is consistently, in my opinion, underappreciated. And that passing record, other than the consecutive touchdown passing passes uh, record, the single-season yardage record um, was something that I think all Brees, that Brees could hang his hat on, that Brees fans could hang his hat on. And we could always say, you know what? F all you Brady lovers and F all you Manning lovers. My guy, Breeze, he's, he threw more pass, he threw more yards in one season than anybody in the history of the NFL. Manning, Marino, whatever. I mean, that was that was our thing. We, we have that for our guy, for, for Drew. And for him for him not to have that... Um, sucks. And, and, yeah, sucks. And for him not to have it... On a technicality, uh, uh, illegal for for them to take it away from him when maybe he he, he should still have it. Um, I think that's BS. And now, 20 years from now, when they when we talk about the great quarterbacks of of the early 2000s, you know, now they're going to say, oh, it was Manning. Oh, and because and he, you know, and they'll list off all these records, and that's going to be one of them. And we're not going to be able to say, well, Brees threw more yards in in a single season than any quarterback in NFL history. They've taken that from us. They've taken just one more possible way for us to defend drew um 20 years from now and say no drew deserves to be in this conversation that that is now taken away from us and that's my problem with it that's, well i think me and kevin problem. brought it up in the post game show that one way we'll be able to defend breeze is we'll probably be able to say six five thousand yard seasons yeah and and, and i mean that's true and there may be even and there may be even more and and the, the funny thing is is and i i don't have the stats in front of me but i've seen this before and i know it's true that i mean since drew breeze joined the Saints in 2006. He, stats-wise, he 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 owns most of most of the important stats over over Brady and Manning. He's through yeah. for more touchdowns. He's thrown for more yardage. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. I mean, since 2006, Drew Brees has been the better quarterback. And the problem is, is that people are remembering the early 2000s. They're remembering 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, when it was just Manning and just Brady, and there was always them meeting in the playoffs, and it was always them battling it out and picking up all those records. But since 2006, it's really been Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been the better quarterback, and people are already looking back. 
to before 2006. They're already looking to those days, the Brady Manning days in the early 2000s. They're already looking back on that fondly and and, and saying, yeah, those are the two best quarterbacks. Um, and they're not so much looking at the at the current situation. And uh, and that's my gripe with it. And 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 if Manning doesn't deserve it, and if man, then he then he shouldn't have that record. Well said, Dave. Uh, now we have to get to the important stuff, Andrew. Uh, Twitter question from Jay Green: Is Lance Moore's Hingle Mc, McCringleberry top three all-time Saints TD celebrations? And was Who the fuck watches Key and Peel? Who the hell knew what that was? I knew what that was, and was Leapfrog with Keith, Keith Poole the worst TD celebration ever? <laughs> I forgot about the Keith, Keith Poole Leapfrog. That was glorious. Um, I, man, I'm, I would, I would, I mean, I hated Gangnam Style. So Lance, Lance Moore's Gangnam Style dance is up there with the worst ever. Uh, I mean, the cell phone celebration was pretty good with Joe Horn, um, but I think this is number one. I, I, I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up, but when I had a chance to look it up, um, oh, my God. Now, it, it wouldn't have been nearly as perfect if, if the flag wasn't thrown. Uh, he had to get the flag to make it a full-on, perfect replica of the skit. Um, so I, I give it number one only because it got the flag. If the referee doesn't throw the flag, the whole thing is ruined. Well, I thought Kenny Stills got the flag for he, that. Kenny Stills did get the flag. Not Lance. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That's, that's okay. That's okay. The play got a flag. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds the referee knew what was going on and was like, okay, if he does this the third time, I am going to flag him. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually wondering that. I was actually wondering if, he had talked to the ref. He was like, "Wait, you know, hold off and don't throw the flag for my third throw." <laughs> there's, there's no way a middle-aged white lawyer watches Key and Peel. Oh, but that brings us to a quick question that I got from at the Angry Ocho. He wants to know what other sketch comedy routines should the Saints incorporate as the touchdown celebration? Uh, oh, or, you guys ever watched Old inspiration? Greg? Ooh, I got one already. So All basically. Right. I, and actually, I didn't even know the question was coming, but they need to just take it. They need to just rip right off of uh, Monty Python. And I can't remember what the name of the battle was, but I'll just say the Battle of Hastings because that's a famous uh, battle in English history. And it, and it was being, AD. Thank you. And it was uh, reenacted by like some tea club and they cut to a muddy field and a bunch and it's the monty python guys all running at each other except they're dressed in drag like a bunch of old ladies beating each other with purses rolling around in the mud so i just think it'd be great if you could somehow just get lance blance Moore and all those guys just hand them a bunch of purses and just have them whip each other with them i'd like to see that that would break the internet that would break. <laughs> it would break oh, yeah. the internet, and it yeah. would it would it could might you, give you, give, you it might give Skip Bayless an aneurysm, which would be a plus. Joe Buck's disgust would would reach record highs. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, do you have a suggestion for touchdown celebration? Uh, have you guys ever watched that BBC skit, Old Craig? No, no. Uh, <laughs> do yourself a favor and Google Old Greg with two G's. Like like Greg Williams spells it, old Greg. Go watch it on YouTube when you get a chance. You're welcome. Uh, they could go really old school SNL and go uh, James Brown hot tub. I don't know how you would do that. That would be that would be difficult. You'd probably need you'd need at least like a a prop on the side, like the king, the long robe, 
so you need props, but but Ocho Cinco used to have props, so you could do that one. Um, but you know, th- those that that was the first one that came to mind. Any any other you ones? Know, it, this this wasn't a touchdown celebration, but uh, the Junior Galette sack celebration on Cam Newton, where he did the Superman, was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, all right, let's see. I have I had some good one. Um, oh yeah, this is a good one. Uh, Dave, who is the Roman Harper in coverage on Deshaun Jackson of the podcast? <laughs> what does that mean? Who, who's the shittiest person on the podcast? Yeah, that would be me, the host, because all the technical <laughs> issues. That's who I would nominate. Uh, you know, I'd like to think we all contribute in our own special ways. Um, you know, each each podcast is is different. Sometimes uh, Andrew's audio sucks, like it does now. Um, <laughs> so Ralph's Ralph. Sometimes you forget that you've asked Kevin a question yeah, and already true. got the answer. Um, sometimes my audio sucks. Um, sometimes Kevin is taking a dump, and we can all hear it. Or or moving a body. We are moving a body. Well, that's um, for taking a dump. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we we all we, we we all you know have our own our own particular meltdowns at time and 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 uh, and, and some, give up that big play as it were. All right, Andrew, I've got a question for you. Here's one. It's, this is from Jay Green again. Fuck, murder, kill. Uh, the fuck the Eagles girl, remember her, 2006. A1 Appliance commercial girl, Rita Benson LeBlanc. Who's A1 Appliance? Oh. Yeah, hang on, I'm googling her right now. <laughs> oh, she is not attractive, I don't think. Throw her in there. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean appliances kill. Um, Rita's Mary. I mean, then I get to own the Saints. That, that's that's a no-brainer. And, uh, yeah, the Eagles girl, you know, make it happen. Is she, Do you think she's, she's going to be at the game? How many features How many features will be done on her on the Internet this week, Kevin, over oh, I think, 15 I, and a half? I think, I think Sean Payton's already left a ticket for her at Will Call. <laughs> Kevin, over, under on features on Fuck the Eagles uh, girl on the Internet this week. It's it, In Vegas, it's 12 and a half. I'll I'll take the under on that, and actually, I think Sean Payton has left something else in her will call window. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Try the meal. Um, Kevin, what would be sweeter, beating the Seahawks in Seattle to get to the NFC Championship game uh, or beating Carolina to get to the Super Bowl? I mean, the, the correct answer an- is always going to be getting to the Super Bowl. That's, I mean, that's the correct answer. I mean, it, you, know, you, you can talk about exercising demons with Seattle and all that kind of shit. Um, no, getting to the Super Bowl. I don't care who the opponent is. I don't care if it's an opponent. I don't care if it's some 8-8 eight eight team that backed their way in a la the Chargers and somehow got to the championship game and you dump truck them from the word go. Or or if it ends up being some, some epic title fight thing where you're lucky to get out of there alive, getting to the Super Bowl matters more than any sort of effing vendetta uh, or, or getting uh, a modicum of revenge in, in, in any of the other rounds. Uh, Dave, here's a fun question for you. Who's the better racist, Duck Dynasty guy or Riley Cooper? 
Oh, God. <laughs> well, first of all, I don't think the Duck Dynasty guy was a racist. If anything, he was homophobic. Um, uh, well, then you didn't read all of his comments, then. Well, I don't need to read his comments to go on air and defend him. I don't, think womp, womp. <laughs> I don't know if anybody got that one. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> play it, sir. Um, That's but, not uh, well, because people might come after us. Yeah. Zing! The Sarah Palin <laughs> people are going to burn us down. Honestly, I, I think I would go I would go with Riley Cooper, and and I have a, a reason for this. I mean, first of all, again, Riley Cooper's comments were racist. I didn't I didn't hear the racist stuff from from Ro- Phil Robertson, but um, you know, my my reasoning, and this is a legit answer, believe it or not, but I mean, my reasoning is I think Phil Robertson's views are born out of stupidity, and I think Riley Cooper's uh. Opinions are born out of anger, um, and booze, and booze, and I mean, I, not not that not that either one is excusable, and not that anyone should get a pass, but I guess you've got to give a pass to the idiot. <laughs> they, I mean, uh, Andrew, your thoughts? Who's a better racist? <laughs> yeah, I love to give a pass to the idiot. That's my favorite. That's gonna be a uh, biography, by the way. I mean, I, I'm going to go with the Duck Dynasty guy because he, he's never changing his ways. You're not teaching an old dog new tricks. I, I think there is an outside chance that Riley Cooper is actually contrite. Mm. Kevin? Oh, God. Why do I have to weigh in on this? <laughs> um, ugh. Yeah, oh, fuck. Dave, Dave's, point, Dave's point is completely legit, like totally cromulent, like – it's 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 like your own your own racist uh, drunk uncle or whatever who just says a lot of shit and you're just like I'm I'm tired of getting into arguments with him, I'm not going to change him. He was raised and lived in a different era and you know he'll be dead soon so whatever. Um, <laughs> it's true. I mean I got I got let me tell you I got some fucking relatives. Yeah, I do too. On one of the on one of my sides, where it's we, just we all do, we all do. Yeah, so so I mean I, that's how I kind of feel about that. Riley Cooper, it's just like I don't know. Yeah, I just want to like hit him across the face. And I think the reason I'm going to give the nod to Riley Cooper on this one is the way apparently the broadcast was slurping his struggle and how he bounced back from this. It's like he dropped the N word repeatedly at a Kenny Chesney concert and it's ba- it's like what the fuck man this is this like turned into the 2013 version of Mind Kampf Yeah I mean That's I would say this thing happens somebody fucking brings up Hitler and it all goes to shit <laughs> and I'm that guy so thank you very much Ralph it was a question from <laughs> Jeff Green you know we try to stay topical I'm going to say Riley Cooper the Fred Thomas on this one <laughs> I'm gonna say Riley Cooper for the N bomb because that 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 bring that brings it to a different level than the Duck Dynasty guy. Although the Duck Dynasty guy, I think his controversy lasted longer. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Riley Cooper. I was I was surprised. One thing about Riley Cooper, I figured the Eagles would just cut his ass and be done with it, but they didn't because obviously they needed him. Um, so that. Well, that's the, the moral of the story, no matter what, that you can take away from both is that if your employer needs you and can be successful with you, 
you were allowed to say stupid shit. <laughs> yes. That's less successful without you. Capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism. Um, uh, Andrew, uh, Ryan Talon says, I think Armstead is the answer at left tackle. Do y'all, if, if so, what position uh, do you dream of first in the draft in 2014? Uh, way too early to tell. Um, yeah, I hope so. I hope, I hope he pans out. But, I mean, at this point, I think Sean Payton's pot committed to him anyway. I mean, I, I think whether he's the answer or not, he's a starter next year most likely. So, uh, first-round pick. Um, I mean, it's tough because they're going to pick so low. Um, it really comes down to talent. It really comes down to who's available and what's the value. Um but I'd like to see him go center. I mean, I think they're going to let Brian De La Puente test for agency, so I wouldn't mind center. You know, still still investing in the offensive line. Um, or I could see another defensive back, either corner or safety. Kevin, what is the craziest? Fever, you know, fever. Big and explosive receiver. Kevin, what is the craziest moment of fan logic you've been a part of? Oh God! I, 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 the podcast is not long enough to deal with that. Uh, that that long moment of reflection that would I would need. Um, maybe telling I don't know, man. Maybe telling myself in '05 as I'm sitting in fucking Tiger Stadium that it's not going to be that. It, it can't be that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> And they fucking watch the Miami Dolphins uh, being coached by Nick Saban score again, you know? That's a good question. Dave, what's the uh, what's that moment for you? Okay, repeat the full question. The again. craziest moment of fan logic you've been a part of. That I've been a part I'm, I'm a part of crazy fan logic every goddamn time I log on to Canal Street Chronicles. Um, I don't know. Apparently, me thinking that the Super Bowl was an away game is pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't. You put me on the spot with that one. I don't, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've got a, a straight. I'm sure that I have an answer, a great answer. Um, but right now, I can't, I can't think of a specific example. I mean, just, just the people. You know, I mean. You know the people who after this after after the Saints lost to the Rams, people saying I'm done with this team. I'm not watch, I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah, I mean I just you know I don't I don't get any of that. I don't I don't get any of the people that just you know want to quit or give up or whatever. You know I mean, you know it's the Saints. You gotta just I mean people people just take it so seriously. And I mean I think I was that way at at one point when I was younger. And I don't know if it's the blogging or just the years have worn me down or, or what it is. But, I mean, no matter how bad the Saints do, you know, even like last season, it's like you just – it's just a game. It's just a team. You don't really know these guys. They, they don't know you. They're not doing it to personally spite you or to make your Christmas miserable. Uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's at the end of the day, it's just a game. And to these guys, it's just a job. And I think, I think that's one thing is that I don't think – I don't think enough fans realize that this is a job to, for these guys. And it's, it's not – it's Andrew, not the t-shirt business has made you soft. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, your craziest moment of fan logic you uh, were a part of? Uh, I think it's just the constant fourth and whatever, regardless of where you are on the field. It's just there's always that idiot. Go for it. Go for it. You know, you, 
You've got the, the fans that never want to punt, never kick a field goal. Um, Actually, mathematically, I'm with them. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, the go for it regardless of the situation, uh, which completely ignores any sort of, um, you know, intelligence or, you know, whatever. whatever. I, I hate it. Craziest. I, I disagree with that. I think uh, statistics show you should go for it on most fourth downs. I have the best answer for all of this, and it's going to shame me, but I don't care. Craziest moment of fan logic I've been a part of. I believed in Billy Joe Holbert as the Saints quarterback in 1998. <laughs> I talked myself into it, and I still believe if he hadn't ruptured his Achilles – Ditka would have led the Saints to the Super Bowl. Oh, well, if we're talking things like that, I would say even the season I thought Devery Henderson was going to be on the team eh, this not, year. That's not that crazy. No, believing, in Billy Joe, was... believing in a Billy Joe, that's pretty fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was before... grounds, that's grounds for a uh, straitjacket. <laughs> it is. That was before my I remember, time. Ralph, when I was a kid, I called Buddy D and told him that I thought Mike Buck was going to be a great player. He had a good arm. He had a good arm. He did complete that flea flicker where they faked the injury to Walsh and brought him in. And he uh, this is a- uh, wait. I got a question at Nola Greg, and I'm going to answer this right away, and you're all going to agree with me, and, and then it's going to be over. I guess I got to run. Okay. Uh, I run. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year. Uh, at Nola Greg. Saint 38, Eagle 31. All right. Oh, good. Okay. Nice. Uh, at at Nola Greg. Asks if if we could choose one player in his prime from the Saints' past to play against Philadelphia in this game, who would it be and why? The answer is Deuce McAllister. There is no other answer. Moving on to Ralph's question. Uh, I want to answer that question. Uh, that's a damn good answer, and I'm gonna uh, and I'm gonna say I I, I, I oh, oh God. I, Damn it! I can't. I was gonna. I was gonna say Ricky Jackson, just because if you put Ricky Jackson with Cam, with Cameron Jordan and Junior Gallette, I feel like you could sack Nick Foles ten times. But I can't. It's Deuce McAllister. So, Kevin, can you? Can you? I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. I'm not dumb enough to say that this is better, because it's not. All I can merely do is tie. And. (laughs) And I'm gonna say Morton Anderson. Ooh, that's a good one. If you, if right. you need, that's a really good one. If you need a fucking kick made to save your life, that's a good one. Morton Anderson is it, to to Saints fans. Morton Anderson is to Saints fans. What? Uh, oh God, now I'm blanking on his fucking name. The 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 weatherman from uh, from. Nash. Bob Breck? Oh. Nash Roberts. Nash Roberts. He's Nash Roberts to New Orleans citizens that are from here, that are from there, that are over, you know, 35 or 40. Yeah, and Morton Anderson also had a history with the Saints of banging through field goals in horrible weather to win games. He did it in New York. He did it in San Francisco. Um, he did it somewhere else, too. So he has a history. The Another guy that's not nearly as good – I take Ricky Jackson back, and he, this is not as good as Morton Anderson. I think that's even better than Deuce, considering what the Saints have at kicker. But it would be really fun with the Eagles' horrible pass defense. Joe Horn in his prime. Mm-hmm. Like like 2002 Joe Horn mm-hmm. against this Eagles secondary. That could be fun, but I, I think you guys' answer was better than mine. Uh, this is a – let me see. 
if the Saint this this is from William Brown. This is kind of an insane question, but we'll answer anyway. If there is another road loss in the playoffs, what are the chances we see wholesale changes to the Saints personnel this offseason, Dave? Mm. You know, I, I was thinking about the, a, a similar question. I was thinking if this what if the Saints lost to Tampa Bay, would they, you know, would they Oof. would they have made some crazy firings uh, you know, to send a message and but I think the only wholesale changes you'll see if you see any, and I don't even think you're going to see any. I don't. I don't think there's going to be some, you know, some some crazy uh, firings and and resignings or whatever. But uh, again, I, I hate to keep beating a dead horse here, but I mean, it's got to be on the offensive line. It's. it's I think this off season, and and it's you know what's what's really ironic or not ironic but wonderful um, is that. This offseason, I think, is going to be the first in the Sean Payton era where a defensive position is not the main priority, whether it be the draft or free agency or wherever. In in the six, seven years that Sean Payton has been here, I'm, I'm, I think, I'm fairly certain, every offseason, every draft it's been... First round, we got to go defense. We got to go defense. I'm not saying they went defense. Obviously, they drafted Meacham, uh, but they should have gone defense. Uh, and every free agency, we got to pick up a good linebacker. We got to pick up a good defensive yeah. lineman. We got to pick up a good cornerback. Now, this is the first offseason where I think we're going to be, it's going to be any other position but defense. It's going to be offensive line. It's going to be tackle, uh, or it's going to be wide receiver. Um, and so that's great. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to this offseason. I think it's definitely going to be a breath of fresh air. Um, we're not going to worry about that till February, late February. But um, uh, but to answer your question, I think if there's going to be any wholesale changes, it's going to be on the offensive. They could have as many as three. I mean, they could have as many as three new starters on the offensive line. I'm thinking it'll be. Probably two. I think they're going to try to add a tackle in free agency, and I think they might move away from Brian De La Puente at center. Kevin, what do you think the odds are that they make wholesale crazy changes if they lose on the road in the playoffs again? Yeah, I'm totally with Dave. I, I, I mean, even if they got even if they got spanked and the defense looked like shit, uh, I can't I can't see I. I can't see Rob Ryan getting fired. I mean, the no. guy, I mean, he's, he's turned everything around and he is, he's fucking beloved in this <laughs> right now. I mean, it, yeah. I, 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 I honestly don't know. I, again, I'm not in there now, but I don't know if the argument could be made that at this particular juncture, he is more beloved than Sean Payton is. Maybe. Uh, could be, could be. Well, and the thing is with the saints too, I think, I think they might be very, very aggressive this offseason. I'm going to tell you why. I think they could get Jimmy Graham done. They could have Drew Brees renegotiate. They can cut Will Smith, and they can get the cap situation figured out. And they have the defensive line, Gallette and Hicks and, and Jordan. They're signed through 2015. So I think the Saints could create some cap room, and I think they could make not necessarily – a giant, huge splash move, but I think they could bring in, if they did their cap right, I think they could bring in probably the equivalent of a Keenan Lewis contract of that five to seven million. I think they could bring in 
two of those guys and maybe a four to five million dollar play. So I think they could maybe add three significant guys this offseason through free agency. Is it likely? Probably not. But I think it's 50 50 that they get a Alex Mack from Cleveland at center and then get a goal, get a get a tackle that some team cuts. That's a big name. And you're like, oh, my God, the offensive line, that's that's huge upgrades. I didn't see that. So I think it's I think it's pretty significant that they're that they're going to do some big things because the window for Drew Brees is fucking now, you know. And if you uh, if, yeah, you know, if, if you if you make a bunch of moves this year and your cap situation is a train wreck in 2016, I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't give a shit about that. 2016, 27. We don't care. Do what you got to do to win fucking now, you know. And they have all their draft picks, so they they could maybe do some moves as well. Um, I just want everybody to remember. I mean, not not just you guys, but all the Saints fans out there. That uh, I feel like he, even though the Saints have made the playoffs and they're about to play a wild card playoff game uh, this Saturday, and they're all you know, 24 other teams or however many other teams that are now playing golf. Um, I feel like the tone of this podcast makes it seem like uh, <laughs> this this was like a 6 and 10 team. No, I'm, well, I mean... Let's all, remember, let's all remember that the Saints are an 11 and 5 team. Yeah. I, I know that the end of the season hasn't gone as well as we had hoped. I know that uh, um, the Saints sucking on the road is sort of... Uh, you know, is is a big um, harping point here, but let's keep in mind this is an 11 and five team. I don't think that many changes really need to be made. I mean, I, I couldn't. I don't know who I would. I don't. There's nobody on the coaching staff that I'm extremely unhappy with. Uh, you know, Pete Carmichael stays, Sean Payton stays, Rob Ryan stays. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it was a it was a Twitter question we got, but it's a fair point. No, I, I well, it's, Speaking just, of Carmichael, do you think he go? Do you think he gets not that he leaves because the Saints aren't pushing him out of it? But does he get a does he get a head coaching job? Does he get an offensive coordinator job where he gets to call the plays? I think I think if he wanted a new job somewhere, if he wanted to move up, I think he could. I think the possibility would be there for him. I personally do not think that he wants to go anywhere. He's got, I believe, four daughters. He he lives in Destrehan, where my where my wife's family is from, and uh, and I hear from my uncle all the time uh, that he's totally happy in Destrehan. I mean, again, going back to what I said earlier, this is a job for these people, and yeah. um, you know these people have real lives and real families, and for them to just pick up and move and become head coach somewhere else or you know, with a different team means uprooting your entire family, taking your kids out of schools and sending them to another school. And I think if you're just happy calling plays and working uh, for the saints and, and being a successful football team, uh, then I, you know, I don't know if the motivation is necessarily there for him uh, to be a head coach and to, and to have to deal with the spotlight stuff. You know, that was the thing with Greg Williams. He was head coach in Buffalo and he, he didn't like, he didn't like, all that came with with being a head coach and the yeah. interviews and the press conferences and the you know and the scrutiny and and the media attention and all that kind of stuff and some people some guys just really that's not for them and they don't want that and I get the impression that uh, Pete Carmichael is in that boat and uh, as long as Peyton wants him here in New Orleans I think he'll probably stay here. Pete Carmichael feels like a college coach to me for some reason like a college head coach. Yeah, if anything, I could see him being a head coach in college and not the NFL. But uh. I, some Captain. people don't have. Some people realize, you know, know their yeah. strengths, know their weaknesses, and realize that they don't have what it takes. There's more, you know. It's like 
It's like when I when I when I bought my store and I when I bought my business, I said, "Oh yeah, I know I know a lot about business. I know a lot about the production side of it." You know, and what I didn't really take into account was the managing of people. You know, that you have to deal with everybody else. You know, if somebody's sick, you have to deal with that. Or if somebody has family issues, you know, you have to deal with that kind of stuff. You know, there's more to coaching than just calling yeah. plays. There's, you got to motivate. You have to. How do you motivate a 24-year-old guy who's got a ton of money? You know, I mean, you got to get these guys motivated. You got to got to get them to 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 buy into everything. And uh, you know, not everybody has that skill and that talent. Kevin, your thoughts on on P. Carmichael staying or going? You motivate 24-year-old men the same way you motivate college kids. Well, to tell me, because I can't get a college kid motivated. I can't stand Pussy. it. There's no motivation. Pussy. <laughs> that's that's the see that's hookers the, and cocaine, Dave. What do you do? What do you do for female college people? Uh, I don't know anything about. Well, that. Oh well, that's clearly out of my expertise. Um, but. <laughs> Clearly. No, no, no. This is the arg- this is the argument that I make every time somebody says they got to pay the college players. They got to pay the college players. They need to get paid and, and, and money and all this other kind of stuff. It's like, listen, I can go as far as giving them some uh, some dollars so that way they can wash their damn uh, sheets and and order a fucking pizza if they want and all that kind of crap. But paying them any more than that? No. And, and, and somebody says, well, why not? Don't they deserve to make a living or don't they deserve this and this? You get to be the big men on campus. Never mind the free education. Fuck the free education because most of them don't give a shit about that. They're there to make – they're there to apply their trade to make money down the road. But in the meantime, you get to be the big man on campus and you could walk into almost any fucking party or gathering on campus, point at a gal, and probably say, all right. Me and you, and boom, you're done. Spread them. You are, you are certified. You're certified. That's the benefit of being an athlete in college. That's the benefit. Yes. And I say that I say that not having been an athlete in college, but I say that as a man who got zero in college. I was batting below the Mendoza line in college. I don't care. I don't care if that's too much information. I'm putting it out there. I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, what, what, what is it? Uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy. My my dating my dating life in college tragic, tragic. But enough time has passed, and a marriage has passed that I can look back and say, "Oh, me in college, oh hilarious." So if you were an athlete, well, I mean seriously, why do you think fathers? Why do you think fathers? Root for their sons to be good at sports. Oh, the obvious answer is well, so they can make a lot of money and buy them a house and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that's that's the that's the I'm not going to say icing on the cake because the icing is the best fucking part. That's like the top layer of something that's really good. But when you get below that, every father wants their son to go to college and be the big fucking man on campus. You know, Kevin, I'm excited for that answer because I have tags. I have tags created for the podcast, and I have one of them as Crazy Kevin. And with that rant, I just got to add Crazy Kevin as a tag. You're welcome. You're welcome. <gasps> All right. <laughs> I'm dropping fucking dime. Listen, I'm in fucking. I'm in conference. I'm in conference championship mode. The offensive line. There may be question marks there. No, I'm playoff solid. 
I'm still solid. Your wife, my wife says you're in pasta mode. So. Well, it yeah, was gluten-free, so who knows what I'm hopped up on. What's, what's the name of the instrument you use to cook your pasta? Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, the, it's the fucking, it's like the, the thing. It's the fucking thing. It looks like the dipper. It looks like the big dipper. But it's like the, the it's not a pot. It's just the round, a round cylindrical what? deal with a, with a, with the handle coming out. Sounds like a pot to me. That's a pot. All right, we got we what? got. What word are you looking for? You are you like looking for some fancy French word? Like what the hell? No, I th- I thought there was another word for that. I didn't. I, I, I don't look. Pots are what I fucking cook like sauce in. Pots are what pots are what I fucking make beefy mac in. You throw oh, it in there. You can pile it up. You you do all that. Like pot. I don't fucking know. Pots have two handles. My wife just asked if Kevin is high. I'm not, I'm high on life. He's on high pot. on He's high on pot. All right. Oh, I'll boo this man. Last question, and then we'll get to the game predictions. Uh, Kevin, uh, Brian Pavic cool. asks, uh, if the Saints are down at halftime, will Kevin go as crazy as the Marlboro House uh, to strike fear into the opposing team? Because we were pretty nutso here in the Marlboro House over the Dolphins just shitting all over themselves. Yes. I don't know why you should have all expected that. My wife actually said that, Dave. She said she was disappointed, but it's not unexpected. She but she should be disappointed in herself. <laughs> she, oh. she in fights with totes. <laughs> She's not. She uh she was she, she wanted is she, is she glaring she wanted, at me right now. She wanted everyone fired. I think she wanted Florida to be declared she wanted some real dolphins killed out in the ocean. <laughs> it was swage. Really, release the nets. She was she was so pissed off. She just was drinking and she just pulled the blanket over her head and said, "Change the fucking channel." And that was in, and that was in the third quarter. So that's how you know you got to keep her, Ralph. Yeah. So Kevin, how crazy will you get if the Saints are down at half? Uh, depends on how down we're talking, but yeah, the, 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 the chances that I, uh, make a scene at the bar this weekend are, uh, pretty good. I'm saying, I'm saying they're, they're at least as low as uh, four to one. Yeah. And Chris Collinsworth has the potential to put me over the edge. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Wait, yeah. that, remi- that reminds me what happened with the cute girl at the bar. Oh, oh, look at you with those with the questions. Um, okay, so here here is the deal. She was there at the table right behind me, and actually, I it didn't was know college her. all over again. Uh, actually, no, this is better than college because college Kevin wouldn't have said shit. College Kevin would have just sat there and wondered, should I say something? Oh, what if, what if she says no? I don't know. And and she would have laughed, and then I would have just cursed myself for not doing anything and just. You know, it would have been like this, the the ending of uh, the last American Virgin, where I'm driving in my car, <laughs> listening to some song and crying. Um, <laughs> You're doing that now. You did that yesterday. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny those allegations. Go ahead. Go ahead, Al. Uh, yeah. So Continue. she noticed. So she noticed me and was like, "Oh, hey!" And so we struck up like a quick convo because she was there with like. A uh, her her gal pal who I'd seen before and some other guy that I think might have been there with him before. And, you know, nice and smiley. And I immediately thought, you know what? Fuck it. 
I'm gonna get. I'm, I may just ask her number because it's the last game of the season. Uh, she's a Lions fan, so the Lions didn't have anything to play for, or they were already out. And she was rooting for Schwartz to get fired. <laughs> Smart girl. And yeah, that's, a, like that's probably already. potential there. Right. And so I was just like, all right, well, let me ask. So they started to get the. Uh, you look like my second ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for a future Mrs. X held. Um, <laughs> That line is totally ripped from Jurassic Park, so I'm not taking any credit for that. Um, so I asked her friend while they while she turned around to go pave her tab. I said, "Hey, real quick, is that her boyfriend?" Because they started to like lean in and talk a little bit, and it just made me it gave me enough pause before I went to make a move that I asked the friend, "Hey, is that the boyfriend?" And she kind of like looked at me and tilted her head. She's kind of like, "I don't know. The jury's out on them." And I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to ask her for a number then." And she's like, "Yeah, that would probably not be not go over well right now." Hey, so, you get your hands off of her. Right. Right. <laughs> was the friend really ugly? And... No. No. No, the, the the friend was actually the friend was cute. Oh. Friend was cute. Well, She's a Lions fan, so she might be mentally off. She's a little crazy. Yeah. She's no doubt. But that's hardcore if you're a Lions fan and you're going to a sports bar for the season finale when they're in the death throes. So Does she wear a jersey? Yeah, was she uh, I'd see she wore a jersey the first two times I saw her toward the beginning no, of the season. That's hot. Yeah. Was she wearing like a Eric, she's wearing like an Eric Hipple jersey? You gotta step in there and even like <laughs> no, no, go no. go against the boyfriend. No, no, no. Actually, how does she feel about Matt Millen? Jesus Christ! It was a. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get her uh, her discussion on Matt Millen. Uh, I, I take it back. It wasn't a jersey. It was like one of those uh, uh, softball style T-shirts. Ooh. Where it like the 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 color is really around the neck and around the uh, the arms. Ooh. Very cute. Hey now. Very cute. <laughs> All right. After we get Kevin's latest dating adventure with his <laughs> dating history, that's the kind of football no analysis people expect on this podcast. And that's why they donate so they can get good quality audio, Andrews tonight notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> But go to the website, chronic.podbean.whatever, and donate. <laughs> <laughs> Chronicpodcast.podbean.com. Okay, there you go. Donate. Whatever you can. A dollar, it's, it mean, means the world to us. All right, now we got to get to game predictions held. So you started us off. Uh, your prediction on the game, BFF, and just how it's going to go. All right, here we go. I've been thinking about this one for uh, since early today when I was fighting off sleep at work. Uh, this game is going to be high-scoring, <laughs> fucking action out the ass. The Saints are going to be the Saints are going to be leading at halftime. I'm talking like 28-13. We're all going to be fucking high-fiving each other, but uh, but Ralph but Ralph the dog's going to go full Victor Von Doom. <laughs> And, and start scaring everybody. And then slowly but surely, first two possessions, Philadelphia scores touchdowns. The Saints do nothing. Philadelphia scores another touchdown. Saints only kick a field goal. Uh, comes down to the last five minutes. The Saints get the lead. And then the Eagles get the ball with enough time to march down the field. And nothing. Absolutely nothing. The fucking defense 
stonewalls them on three on four straight downs, and there you go. Wow. So I'm gonna say, fuck, I'll say something like forty-one to thirty-five Saints. BFF. BFF. Uh, I don't think I've said him all damn year, so I'll throw his name out now, and I'll just say Cam Jordan. All right. Uh, Dave, your thoughts? Uh, I don't think it's going to be high scoring, actually. I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, so I'm going to have to agree to disagree with Mr. Held on that point. And I'm going to go with a score of... Um, Seven to three. No, not that low scoring. I'm going to go 21-17. And... Um, I think my BFF. I'm going to go with Mark Ingram. I, I think I think he he he's going to uh, summon the the ghost of Deuce McAllister, and uh, he's going to run for like 110 yards and two TDs or whatever. And Peyton's going to use him outdoors, cold weather. You know, doesn't want Drew to be throwing too much. So I'm going to go with uh, BFF Mark Ingram. It's going to be a tight game. It's the playoffs. You know, everybody everybody in the playoffs sort of deserves to be there. Um, <clears throat> And uh, and should be evenly, you know, should should be a good game. But I think the Saints are gonna squeak it out in the end. And uh, I'm gonna go with Mark Ingram as my BFF. Uh, I know people uh, that read my column regularly. They email me. They hate it when I pick the Saints. Although I've picked the Saints a couple times this year and got it right, including the score. Um, listen to me. Listen to me, people. All this road home bullshit with the Saints. It's getting people off the main thing. Matt fucking Castle went 26 of 35 for 382 yards. I don't give a fuck that it was in the Metrodome. I don't care if it was wherever. Drew Brees, I don't even know the touchdown pass record for a playoff game. Drew Brees is going to fucking break it Saturday. This game isn't going to be close. This is going to be a dump truck annihilation by the Saints. Oh, God. Wow. wow. You heard <laughs> it here already first. got the shakes. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm looking at my dog. My dog's looking at me going, oh, are you okay? <laughs> Saints 45, Eagles wow. 21. I don't think so. Drew Brees is throwing for six touchdowns. I don't think so. And the Saints will get dump, dump truck next week in Seattle. But Saturday night is going to be awesome. That's it. All right. I'm going to be in San Diego. I'm going to have I'm going to have to watch this game from San Diego. It's going to be on regular television, right? I don't I don't need to like go to a bar or anything no, for it'll this. Be on, yeah, it'll be on N- NBC. Right, uh, okay. I recommend maybe perhaps muting muting your TV to not have to listen to Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, but that's just yeah. a personal choice. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, what do you have at Canal Street Chronicles the rest of the week for the people? Oh, I really have no idea to be honest with you. Um you know, I'm hoping we we haven't we haven't seen much from some of our writers, so I'm hoping uh, some of our, our lesser known guys are going to come out of the woodwork. Actually, in fact, uh, our buddy T Word, who only is good for about once a month on an article, he's got something ready to go for tomorrow. So we'll have that. Um, the yeah, NFL... hands that broke out, can't made a return. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's 
he's on his holiday break, so he's got some more free time. So I was very appreciative that he could uh, help out, and it was just like the good old times. Uh, tomorrow, the the NFL just sent out a release. It's sort of a recap of the whole 2013 season and some of the statistical highlights. So I might just copy and paste that for everybody to read tomorrow. There's some interesting tidbits. Some of the tidbits I uh, I was I was slapping you guys in the face with t- on the podcast today uh, came from came from from that press release. Yeah, that's um, dirty at all. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably uh, are, are listening to it on on the chronic. Um, but uh, you know, we're going to be looking uh, definitely looking forward for this uh, at this Eagles game, biggest game of the year. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, will you be writing a power pole, doing anything besides uh, power bombs and practicing jumping off the top rope? You stole you stole my joke. I was going to say, oh, I'm going to have a uh, power pole this week. <laughs> um, uh, God. The last time Kevin wrote anything for his own blog. Oh, God. The last time I wrote anything for my own blog? I think that was last season. Let's see. Let's see when the last the last post was. Uh, no, no, no. You wrote something in September. Shit. Uh, yeah. And it, oh, look, look at this. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Let's read this. Um, September 5th, 2013, just before the season started, Kevin made a prediction. He says the Saints will finish 10 and 6 and make the playoffs. So right there, the Saints have already surpassed his expectations. Uh, but then he's, he explains how they get there. Uh, and he goes through each game with a win-loss, win-loss, or whatever. Uh, he predicted that they would lose to the Panthers the second game. He predicted they would beat the Buccaneers. Uh, he Unfortunately, he predicted they would beat the Rams. Yes. We, we yes. knew that would not happen. Um, and then the first sentence of his post is, Damn, I haven't posted here in nearly a year. I'm surprised <laughs> the website's still active. But hey, never turn away good news. Or whatever the expression is. <laughs> and on that note. And then there's a picture of Kenny Stills wearing a dress. Yes. Classic. Classic. Oh, yeah. So on that note, I guess this podcast, the playoff edition is uh, over. Hopefully, we will have another playoff edition next week when the Saints <laughs> head to Seattle. So for Andrew Juge, who predicted 38-31, thanks for joining us, Andrew. For Dave, our fearless leader. And for Kevin, who writes on his blog once a year and was horrible, (laughs) horrible at dating women in college. Uh, I'm Ralph Marlboro. So long. Uh, He also has Billy Miller on his Twitter list on the left-hand side. (laughs) (laughs) And then Shockey and Shanley. I gotta update that. Gotta update All right, people, be well. Uh, Until next week, bye-bye. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.